Some concern this week over the possibility of a red light setting for COVID as cases punch through the 10,000 mark a day. Cases are increasing in various parts of the world, of course, including Australia, who are now talking of a mass second booster rollout, then the possibility of an Omicron-specific jab. Medical consultant and virologist at Cambridge University, founder of the Naked Scientist podcast, Chris Smith, back with us this morning. Good morning. Is the key not the case numbers, but how many people end up in hospital or dead? Yeah, absolutely. Hit the nail on the head. It's consequences, not cases, that we need to pay attention to. If we look at my wonderful country for a moment and putting politics to one side, we've got two or three million cases every seven days of COVID going through the country right now. That has translated into an uptick in people in hospital with a diagnosis of COVID. Probably about 10,000 people are in NHS beds right now with the infection. That's about 10% of all the beds in the NHS. But if you look at the number of them who are in intensive care beds, it remains very, very low indeed, a couple of hundred at most, despite millions of cases of coronavirus. So in other words, people are ending up in hospital with coronavirus, not because of coronavirus infection. And that's the crucial thing here. Because of vaccination and high levels of population immunity conferred by vaccination, but also reinforced by a spreading infection, We've got high levels of immunity to severe disease. So people may catch the infection, they may pass on the infection, but they're certainly not becoming severely sick with the infection, thank goodness, most of the time. But here's our problem. We're in the middle of winter, of course, and what we're also seeing in our hospital because it's being strained is flu. So what do we do? Do we contain or try and contain Omicron with restrictive measures to help the hospital system or not? Flu is a big headache. We thought we were going to have the same problem in our last winter in the UK. And as a result, the government sort of advocated for a dual vaccine rollout where we were giving people boosters for COVID and giving them the seasonal flu vaccine. Because of Omicron, though, there was a silver lining to this cloud because it scuppered everyone's plans for Christmas and closed the country down again. So flu didn't get started. But of course, that hasn't been the case in Australia and in New Zealand, where people have been out and about they have been seeing flu spreading and as a result of that you've got this dual crisis and we face the same sort of thing most most years without nhs pressure where we've got seasonal suspects rearing their ugly heads as they do every year plus the winter time and winter brings its own challenges people die literally of the cold and so there's always a lot of pressure on health services and it becomes very very difficult to manage and really the only thing that you can do is to do really impeccable infection control in hospitals and make sure that you you adhere to the the moniker that prevention's better than cure so advocating for vaccination to the greatest extent especially against the flu which is very easy very safe and very effective that can help to keep things under control but it is a major headache trying to control all exactly. this especially in hospital it doesn't take very many cases before you really upset the hospital apple cart because you end up re- devoting so many resources to trying to stop people spreading their infections around that it completely pulls the rug from under the ability to deliver a normal service. But here's the next problem. Uh, we're, we're sick of vaccines and we're sick of boosters and we're sick of the talk of them. So the uptake on the flu has not been great. The uptake on the first booster hasn't been great, far less the second booster. Do you see the same issues and the issues that we're facing in that sense? Is that a problem? I think it depends who you ask that question to, because people who have a vested interest in having those vaccines, and by that I don't just mean politicians and healthcare policymakers and delivery workers. I mean, people who are 
invulnerable groups who are over a certain age, people who are uh, with pre-existing health conditions, people in long-term residential care settings and so on, people with no immune system. Those people take this very, very seriously. And the uptake among them, thankfully, is, is very good, at least in the UK. And looking at other countries' data, that seems to also be the same. There, There is a degree of vaccine fatigue and COVID fatigue in other sectors of society that's absolutely true and that's part of the reason why people are just aching for all the restrictions to end and, and have been asking them to end in, in countries that haven't ended them yet but among the people for whom it is a big threat there tends to be very good uptake and use and also very good efficacy so that thankfully is what's keeping us safe in the uk at the moment and in other countries is seeing very good uh, deployment of the vaccines which have luckily translated into very good protection against severe disease for the majority of people. This this talk we hear now of a Omicron specific booster, would that be the end of Omicron or not? No, I don't think it would. I mean, what you're referring to is the fact that most companies who make vaccines are now looking at the repertoire of circulating variants of coronavirus and, and, and acknowledging the virus has moved on. It has evolved. It is a moving target. All life evolves and changes. We are applying significant selective pressure to this virus to evolve because we're erecting these immune barricades and spread barricades with all the measures we've put in place to stop coronavirus infection spreading. That has forced or funneled the virus down a certain pathway of, of evolution. And we now see these successive variants emerging that, you know, hey, presto, they're more transmissible than the last one because they're swerving around the immunity that mm. we've got. If we come up with an updated vaccine that more accurately reflects the circulating media of virus, it doesn't mean the problem goes away. It's analogous to what we do with the flu. Every winter, we update or at least consider updating our flu vaccine repertoire. And in fact, what is collected sample-wise in New Zealand, in Australia and other parts of the Southern Hemisphere is fed into a network of World Health Organization laboratories. They will look at what's circulating in-country. They'll look at what the vaccine does and they'll ask the question, will this vaccine protect against these circulating strains of virus, which are probably going to spawn outbreaks in the Northern Hemisphere in the forthcoming winter? And if the answer is no, they update the vaccine. Vaccine. We're in a similar sort of situation with, with coronavirus. We know that the flu vaccines don't make flu go away. We know these uh, coronavirus vaccines won't make coronavirus infections go away. But what they will do is keep people out of hospital and away from severe disease for an appreciable period of time. And they'll probably do it better because we're refining the target that's in the vaccine that bit more to reflect what's really circulating now compared to what was circulating when all this began in 2020. Always appreciate your expertise, Chris. Chris uh, Smith, medical consultant of virology at Cambridge University, founder of the Naked Scientists podcast with us out of Cambridge this, uh, this morning.